This is the Edify Podcast for the Servant. Hey, we're not too far out from the Rooted Retreat, October 28th and 29th. Myself, the Jenkins Institute, uh, Ministry League, and the Light Network all coming together uh, to give you a sermon planning a retreat, a mental health retreat, uh, just a 24-hour period is all we're asking for. We're going to give you a lot of tools, a lot of resources for you to take back home to implement in your life. We're going to be very uh, open discourse, open forum. It's not going to be a lectureship style. Come and hear a bunch of preaching about things that you need to know about. Not not that kind of thing. Hope to see you there. P.S. Registration is about 40% full, and so uh, we're going to cut the registration off on the Friday. Uh, of the retreat so you might want to get on over there we've got almost uh maybe a little bit more than a month until the retreat and uh, hoping to see you all there uh your registration fee includes your lodging and your meals for the whole time so you never have to leave the venue gonna be a great time beautiful venue uh, it's actually a lodge a retreat gonna house everybody so like i said october 28th 29th register come on be encouraged uh, you need a respite. You need some. You need some relief, and we want to give it to you. Hope to see you there. And when you pray, pray like this: Our Father who is in heaven. What does it mean when we call him that? How should we understand his fatherhood? As we're speaking to God, God the Father, it's celebrated. He's considered to be the Father, Jesus. Uh, now allows us to call him that. It's the term of endearment. It's the Abba, Father, where it's like a child that sits in his father's lap and is able to talk with him and share that intimacy. Think about the Father first in, in the, I guess, in the slant of creation. Clearly, God, he's He's the Father uh, he's the maker of heaven. He's the maker of earth. He's the creator of these things, as a father is. And there, there's an immediate view, the fact that, that we have all things, de- I mean, realistically depends on God as the father, the creator of our existence. Every moment is is fathered by him. Um, now, to call creatorship fatherhood is not unscriptural. Uh, it's echoed in the Old Testament, Malachi 2.10, have we not all one Father? Has not one God created us? Even in the New Testament, Acts 17.28, Paul's preaching in there at the Areopagus in Athens, and he quotes um, a Greek poet where he says, are we, we are his offspring. Um, nonetheless, both of these quotations come from passages that... Um, I guess it doesn't threaten divine judgment and in Paul's evangelistic sermon at Athens. It makes it very clear that through the offspring relationship, that implies an obligation to seek and to worship, uh, to obey, um, to make one oneself answerable to him at the end of the day and to be, to be uh, in acknowledgement of that. All of God's creation is subject to him because he is the father of all. Um, it's it's when we say that he's the father of all that doesn't imply his favor or his acceptance um only his favor and his acceptance is where repentance for past sins faith in christ isn't lacking um the whole speech there in uh act 17 would, would probably do us some good to read to take a peek let me do that if you're not driving grab your bible act 17 um we'll start in verse 22 
I'll be reading from uh, the Legacy Standard Bible, an updated translation of the New American Standard. It has its plus and minuses like everything else. It's my New Testament that I have handy that I keep with me kind of my everyday. I'll begin in verse 22. Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I observe that you are very religious in all respects. For while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship, I also found an altar with the this inscription to an unknown God. Therefore, that what you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to inhabit all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation, that they would seek God, if perhaps they might grope for him uh, and find him, though he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and exist, as even some of your own poets have said, for we also are his offspring." Being the offspring of God, we ought not to suppose that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the craft and the thought of man. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now commanding that everyone everywhere should repent because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. Not just merely, side note, not just merely uh, creator and creation relationship, But he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he determined, having furnished proof to all by raising him from the dead. So just because we've been created by the Lord does not mean that we are in favor and in righteousness with the Lord. That's all through Jesus Christ. So there's a particular word uh, that needs to be said that just because we're created and he is the father of all things uh, doesn't mean that all things are not... um, are, are able to skip out on the righteousness of God or the law of Christ, the law of the Spirit, as it's often called in the New Testament. Let's talk about the father-son dynamic because it's important for us to do this, and this applies even just to, to, to females as well. But, but look at this. The New Testament speaks of God's fatherhood. It is not with reference to creation, but in two further connections. And this is what I want to remind you of. As we're thinking about growing in Christ, we're, we're stepping out of the pulpit. We're coming off the mountain still uh, for the past. This is now the, the third consecutive week in this thought. As we're growing up in Christ, we're taking care of our spiritual health. The first is the inner life of the Godhead. So within this eternal triune God, the Trinity, as it's often called, is a family relation of father and son. On earth, the son called the one whom he served my father. And he prayed to him as Abba, which which is Aramaic, as we've we've already mentioned, the, the respectful dad term. What this relationship meant, meant, Jesus himself declared. On the one hand, the son loves the father, John fourteen thirty one, and always does what pleases the father, uh, John eight twenty nine. He takes no initiatives, um, but instead he depending you know realistically every moment on the father for a lead. Uh, chapter 5 of John, 19 through 30. But but his, his tenacity itself in in cleaving to to the Father's known will. Matthew 26, he says, um, 
my father, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And then we go on to say, thy will be done. John eighteen eleven. shall I not drink the cup which the father has given me? On the other hand, the father loves the son. John three thirty five, chapter 5 and verse 20. And makes him great by giving him glory and great things to do. John tells about this often. Chapter 5, chapter 10, chapter 17. Give, giving life and executing judgment are twin tasks which have been wholly committed to him that all may honor the son. It's the purpose. John 5, 23. God's loving fatherhood of his eternal son is both uh, the, I guess, archetype of his gracious relationship with his own redeemed people and the model from which derives the the parenthood that God has secured in human families. God spoke of um, the God of um, the God and Father. Paul spoke about this, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ as the Father of from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, Ephesians 1, 3 and three fourteen, Human families, by their constitution, the very constitution, the very reason uh, we, would, we would call consider, you know, their, their creation, that reflects the father-son relationship in heaven. And parent-child relationship should express a love that corresponds to the mutual love of the father and son and the Godhead. Ah. Uh, Jake, as a father, need to implement this to my six-year-old son, Stone. How did God the Father love Jesus? That is a picture of how I am to love Stone. So there's a father and son dynamic when we're talking about um, this this fatherhood appeal, that he's the father and he's the, the almighty father, uh, but also in a, in a sense of adoption. The second connection uh, in the New Testament speaks of God as father, as to do, uh, with a sinner's adoption into the life of God's family, so this is a super, uh, super important <laughs> deal. It's 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 above nature. Um, it's it's super nature, supernatural, uh, meaning that it's above. It's it's not hocus pocus, glimmer and shine, uh, something miraculous, uh, in a in a way that God has to do this miraculously to make this happen. But he extends his grace through unnatural means, meaning it's not something that you can do naturally. He's linked it with justification, with a new birth. It's given freely by God. It's received humbly by faith in Christ, in obedient faith in Christ as Savior and Lord. Uh, John 1, 12, to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born of God. So the message that Jesus sent to his disciples on raising from the dead was was this, John 20, verse 17, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. As disciples, they belonged to the family. I want to stress that. You belong to the family of God. Uh, indeed, that, that very sentence Jesus called them, he says, my brethren, all whom he has saved are his brethren. God is our Father. We've been adopted into this situation. I want you to study the um, side note, study the theme of adoption through Romans. Paul hum, hums on this, I mean a really good bit, about we being adopted as his children, brought into the family. But think about it in, in regards to Roman citizen life, not just the text of Romans, but Roman citizen life. Go do some research and study of what it looked like to be adopted in a Roman family. 
So when the Romans heard this, they knew what this meant. They knew it completely. It would do me and you well if we want to grow in our personal relationship to the Lord. What did the Romans mean when they adopted a child? And this is what Paul, the Holy Spirit through Paul, specifically uses these words for them to know about the relationship of the Lord. We belong to the family of God. In that very sentence, Jesus called them my brethren. Don't forget, that's who we are. He is our elder brother. God is our father. When the Christian says um, that that he is these things, that he is the father, that um, that you and I, we, we, put, we put all this together and we, we confess Jesus Christ as Lord. We confess God as Father, Creator. Uh, <clears throat> and, and there's a Savior aspect to this and that He is God the Father through Christ our Savior. Um, he, he is a Father who now loves me and loves you uh, no less than He loves His only begotten Son. That is a marvelous thing. Uh, to be able to say that God loves me the way that he loves his son because I am his son. So God, he's the father. He is. He's my father. He's your father. Despite the earthly father that you have, I had a great one. Still do. It's it's a blessing, but not everybody has that father-son relationship. Um, but we can always have that with God because we've been adopted to him and and through Jesus, through the Spirit's word, this born being born again aspect, and we we have that because He is the Almighty. He He can and will do all that He intends to do. What does He intend for His Son, me as His Son, and you as His Son? Um, here's the answer: that they should share all that the elder brother Jesus enjoys now. Believers are heirs of God. You preacher <clears throat> are an heir of God fellow heir with Christ provided that you suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him Romans 8 and verse 17 suffer we shall do that but we shall not miss the glory the father almighty will see to that so praise God for that Uh, you are his he is our father we are his sons if you're listening to this and you're a daughter uh, a female then then hey um, you are his daughter and you are his daughter because of adoption, and he can adopt you, spiritually speaking, because he is the Almighty. We'll get into that next week. But I want you to look at Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. Study that passage. Galatians 4, the first seven verses. Um, study, maul that, chew on that. Uh, and as I said, study the idea of adoption uh, according to the culture of Rome in the first century. Beautiful picture, beautiful picture. Aren't you thankful that God is your Father? And you get to call Jesus your brother. What a blessing that is. If I'm going to grow in my preaching, if I want to be edified, I've got, I've got to let him do it. How does he do it? He tells me that he's my father. Jesus is my older brother. That I was adopted into this family by a wonderful thing called grace. I was never deserving of it. And he brought me in because he loved me. And he gave his son for me. And he's forgiven me of everything. Every single thing. Forget it. It's over. It's over. Boys, if I don't put some lead in your pencil, I don't know what will. I don't know what will. Um, may may that truth and reality by the Almighty do something for you to bring you up out of the pit that you may currently be in. May God bless you in this relationship because he is. May you be awoken to it. Raise your eyes. Look up and see the beautiful nature that you have with him as his son.